everyone, and welcome to the 11th show of our second season. I'm Dana. And I'm Jim. Today we're chatting with our good friend Bjorn, event planner extraordinaire. <laughs> but first, beer. Today's beer is not a beer, and we've done oh, this I before. Oh, I forget, I forget, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> it is a uh, rosé cider. It is made by King's Highway Fine Ciders. It's called Beach Party Rosé. It's 6.9 ABV. It is made with Hudson Valley apples, and it's co-fermented with hibiscus and grapefruit peel. The notes in this cider are apple, strawberry, and citrus. The cider was made by Tyler Graham, who started this company out of his Park Slope brownstone. So hardly, wow. hardly a spot you would think for uh, fermenting and right. brewing of ciders. Right? Yeah, so uh, he then moved to a facility in Millerton, New York, in upstate, and he's already outgrown that. So we don't know what the next steps are, but I'm sure it'll be to a larger uh, manufacturing facility. Uh, and I have a little history of kind of why he started it in Brooklyn. And mm -hmm. uh, so during colonial times, cider, spelled with a Y, uh, cider makers hauled their barrels via carriage to New York City on a hodgepodge of cow paths and Indian <laughs> trails known as King's Highway. Okay. Connecting hamlets and villages like Bushwick, Gravesend, and New Utrecht. Uh, the road eventually birthed the city of Brooklyn. Today's King, today, King's Highway Fine Cider is inspired equally by its colonial cider roots as well as its modern-day mix of inhabitants hailing from all corners of the planet, creating one of the most accepting and inviting places in the world. That's cool. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. guys. And officially, welcome to the show, Bjorn. Thank you. This Thank you great. for having me. This is amazing. First of all, the color is beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Really, it's really, really pretty. Yeah. It looks like a... a sparkling rosé. Yeah, yeah, a sparkling rosé. Uh, what do you say? Apples and grapefruit? Yeah, I get the grapefruit. It's tasty. So you do not drink beer, but you do drink cider. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I've tried for years to do this. <laughs> I have. I think where it stemmed from was at the age of 16. Uh-huh. 14 or 16, around there somewhere. We, I, was, I was back in South Africa, and we, uh, my friends and I decided to to be adventurous and naughty that day. <laughs> and my mother had told me I have to be home by eight. Okay. So a, a couple of my friends decided to get a case of beer. Okay. And it was pretty big bottles. Uh-huh. But we only had an hour to drink them. Oh no, <laughs> Oh yes. Wait, how many friends? It was four of us. And we were and all like, beer. we okay. all weighed like two pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first time you're ever having, first time ever having and you decided beer. to do power hour yeah. the first time. Okay. I w yeah. So this is how that went. <laughs> so we, dr I drank, we drank those beers really fast. You drank them all? We drank them all. Oh my God. I, I got home at eight. Hammered. Well, it <laughs> didn't hit me then. It hit me when I was watching TV. I'm sitting there and I'm feeling my eyes getting heavy. The world is turning. I couldn't understand what's happening. I ran to the bathroom several times. Oh. And, I, and ever since that day, I could not stand. Yeah. I, I cannot That's stand. That's a here. bad way to start. Yeah. 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 I we'll get, we'll get to my whiskey story. Oh. <laughs> yes, time, we'll continue. Yeah. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. You said you're from South Africa. Where in South Africa? I was born in Cape Town. Mm -hmm. Cape Town, South Africa. I lived there until I was 21. Mm -hmm. And I moved to the United States like right after that. Uh, my family, my mom moved here 
two years prior to that. Okay. Uh, they they live in California. Okay. Which is about as close as I want them. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, but no, we we, we we get along. But I I I tried living in in San Francisco. It just didn't work for me. Okay. Because at the time when I moved there, I was in my party days. So I that's was, not a good place to party, San Francisco. It closed too early. Oh. Like, you know, their okay. scene closes at one thirty. Does it really? Yeah, like okay. every, everything closes before two. Oh, I didn't know. And that. in my twenties, I would take a yeah. power nap at eleven. Right. Wake up at eleven thirty. Be at the club by twelve. Somebody right. tells me, "Oh, but I'm closing in, a, in an hour and a half." I'm You're like, "What you mean, last call? Like, what, are you talking, <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I haven't even done a full lap of this outfit yet. Like, what are you saying to me right now? Everybody hasn't seen me. <laughs> Everybody hasn't seen me. Yet. So, um, yeah, you know, but it it was also because I knew more people in New York than I did in in San Francisco. Okay. You know, I was. Very very lucky to have met my best friend there on Facebook and she now lives in Philadelphia. So, okay. so yeah, when, when we moved together, like we, it was nice to have had at least one friend, like family's great, but you know, with, yeah. your, with your friends, you can just be yes. who you are. And 100%. I think San Francisco was also just a little too small for me. So yeah. you went from San Francisco to New York? To New York, yeah. Any other states you've lived in? I lived in Florida for a while. Okay. Um, I, now many people don't know this about me. I don't drive. I don't know how to drive. I will never get back. You've to never. Work. Nope. I, I messed up somebody. Let me tell you something. Oh Jesus! So one day, <laughs> I was good. working at the cookery. Uh huh. Right, and um, my friend. I told my friend, I'm like, listen, let me drive your car. Let me see how this is gonna work out today. So I drove, and I was good. And all of a sudden, Michael Schumacher just came over me, and oh I just my stepped God. on that gas. Oh, oh we came this close to hitting a gas pump. Oh, oh a gas pump oh, of all things. It was, it, you almost died. Yeah, I was. You almost blew up the neighborhood. Yeah, I, I was blew up the neighborhood, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, no, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. So um, you so, have these dramatic firsts. Oh, and, and they ruin you for, and, the, rest right, of, for the rest of my like, listen, <laughs> if, no, but also I think for me, like I've I've always grown up in the city. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and even in South Africa, like we, I was close to everything, right. you know, and my mother always made sure that we, we were accessible to, there was a lot of things that was within our reach. Mm-hmm. So when I stayed in Florida, I was like, mm, I, I'm not standing and waiting for the bus. That's not right. going to happen. Right. So it, it was a little challenging for me. And I said, no, I, I, I can't do this. Like this yeah. is not for me. And it was just too slow paced. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you are in your in your mid twenties, like that, that's not the speed you're going at. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to California, I said, "Let me see how this works out." I want to, I want to try it before I say no. Right. Tried it for three months, and I said, "I can't." Like I've already fallen in love with New York at that point. Yeah. I've lived here. I have friends here. So I said, "My my friend called me up. He's like, come home." And I'm yeah. Like, oh, that's nice. Okay, home. I'm, I'm, nice. I, and I've been and I've been here ever since. So you moved to New York. What was your first job here? My first job, I worked for Craig Kupani who uh, was an executive chef. He owned a Leah's in Hartsdale at the time. Okay. It was down the street from, you know where Harry's used to be? Yes. So it was like right up the block. Okay. And then uh, I worked with him and then, you know, due to the economy, six months later, uh, eight months later, the restaurant closed. Oh, wow. So uh, a eight lot of- Eight months, wow. Eight months, yeah. Eight months, the, the restaurant closed. And what was your job there? I was a server. Okay. And, uh, you know, we, it, he was really one of the best, one of my best bosses that I could have worked for. He really gave me a start into the industry because at the time it was very challenging for me living in White Plains and trying to get a job in the city as a server because they were like, number one, you don't have New York City experience, mm-hmm. you know, and you just, you live in Westchester, it's too far. Mm-hmm. So uh, my my friend that I lived with uh, who is, he's now the chef at uh, White Eagle Country Club. Okay. So he introduced me to Craig. Mm-hmm. And then after that restaurant closed down, I ended up 
saying, okay, well, I need to get another job now. So I okay. stayed, so I ended up getting a job in Tuckahoe at the old stone mill. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So about that. They run kitchen nightmares. I know. Ah, were you I there? No, I wasn't there at okay. the time. Like this, it happened like, I think they finished that episode like a couple of months that it was a couple of months after that episode aired oh. because I lived down the street from there. <laughs> so listen, so yeah, I go, right? So yeah, I go. <clears throat> and there was a lot of things that was amiss for me <laughs> in the sense of, I, I just didn't feel comfortable there. Okay. You know, because it just, I was in a restaurant with the chef that had showed me his style of food and I fell in love with it. And yeah. then when I had to go to another place, it, it kind of, mm-hmm. it kind of threw me off because it, you know, for me, like I'm in the restaurant business. I've been in the business a long time. So food is a huge deal to me. And if I cannot, if I don't like it, I cannot sell it. Right. Right. You know, and then that was like two months yeah. that I worked there. And yeah. then right after that, I ended up working. I got a call from David DeBarry who opened up the cookery in Dobbs Ferry. Mm-hmm. And he recommended me to, I was recommended to him by Craig, who closed his restaurant. And I ended up, he was like, you know, I've heard great things about you. Would you be willing to come give us a chance? And I'm yeah. like, sure. And I've been there, and I was there for seven and a half years. Wow. So, yeah, that was great. So, moving on. Yes. Let's, let's talk about what, you're, what you've been doing yes. since kind of getting out of culinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us the background on maybe the start in the event and in the event industry okay. for, for yourself like how so, did that how did that come about so that we had it was funny the the cookery had two owners and um it ended up not working out with one of the owners and okay. so he, he ended up leaving so the only person that owned the restaurant now was the back of the house okay. which was david DeBerry. yeah so they had all these events booked and they, they had nobody to handle any of them so they called uh, so I was David was like at that point David was like well you've already been a surveyor you've been bartending you've been a host you know would you like to take this on and I said yeah and the first event the first party that they had mm-hmm. was Mike Abruzzi's um, from Popatina okay it was his son's baptism party wow. that I did yeah. and his son's event was the very my very first mm-hmm. event ever so he so ever since that day I got the bug and I said, okay, from here, and so then I stayed with David for two years after that, and I did like the baby showers, the bridal showers, the rehearsal dinners, the graduation parties, and after two years, I'm like, okay, it's time for something else now. Like right. now, it's time to go bigger. Mm-hmm. And one of my, so I ended up taking a course in event planning, nice, which I never finished because at this point I have the knowledge. Right. <laughs> And then right after that, I interned for one of the biggest event production companies that does the James Beard Awards. And oh, so that's they do like huge. all of those big ones. Yes. Yeah. And he's, he's literally based in Hastings. Wow. And um, so I ended up interning with him for six months. Mm-hmm. And I, I started my company at the same time. And we, so then the word kind of spread around. And one of my clients, one of my customers from the cookery, who was also a customer at one of my previous restaurants, they knew about it. So he called me up. So they came to dinner at the restaurant and he was like, listen, I'm, my son's getting married. Mm-hmm. Do you know, are, do you do any day of coordination? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm like, I don't even know what that is, but I'm like, <laughs> let me Google I'll it. Real it real. I'll, I'll, look it I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> so they, so um, he was like, listen, we know you. We've known you for a long time. I, um, it's safe to say that we can trust you with our son's yeah. wedding. Like you have a knack for this. And 
so I was like, yeah, let me meet. And I've never met the kids at this point. I've right. only met the parents. And we the, and ended up having to sit down with, sit down with them. Mm-hmm. Not for an interview, but more to get to know me a little bit. Right. And it was my first wedding. I got it. Thank, thank you, God. Um, what year was this? This was call? in 2013. Okay. It was the summer of 2013. It was like July, f- July or June 15th. Like mm-hmm. one of those. No, it was my birthday. It was June 15th. Okay. And they got married at the Harold Pratt House on uh, 68th and Park. Mm-hmm. Girl, listen. Wow. When I, when I saw Park Avenue, I, w- I didn't know if I should speak with an accent. <laughs> I didn't know if I should be white that day. I didn't... <laughs> Because, listen, I did not think that I was going to work on Park Avenue. Yeah. Like, it was a huge deal for me, you know. And Doing your first wedding my ever. My first yeah. wedding ever. Yeah. And especially not understanding what what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I read up enough on it that I took control when it came time to work. My clients ended up loving me so much wow. that they were like, you were made for this. Like, you were made for this. That's huge. It was huge. Like, I was, I, like, my ankles were blue that night <laughs> because we were on marble floors. Yes. And I had on the, because I had to look cute, right? Because at of that course. point, I think about work, but I'm also, I'm like, I kind of represent. Yes. So I wore these really, really pointy boots. Narrow boots. It tell was, me it's the first day you wore them too. <laughs> it was not even girl, broken in. It was, girl, let me tell you something. <laughs> It was so pointy. They looked like pizza slices. Oh my god! <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> and like, and with the Harold Pratt House, like if you've ever been there, a lot no. of their weddings are. It happens in different rooms, so oh, you okay. have like the ceremony downstairs, and you go for cocktail so hour upstairs. Too? Yeah, oh. and marble floors. By the end of the night, my ankles were so blue, oh I could God. not. I was like, I, I can't do this. <laughs> and then the next person called me, and I was like, okay, no, okay, no, well, if I'm getting the course for it, I'm right. not going to say no. So, yeah, now I know how to wear better shoes. All right, break down what, what it all entails to be in a, a wedding planner. Like, what do you do? So, in, in the beginning of my career, all I focused on was coordinating. So, okay. that, that meant uh, for if a bride came to me a month before the wedding and said, listen, I need somebody to handle all the logistical, okay. all, the, all the moving parts. I don't want to think about it right. on the day of my wedding. So, okay. so you would need to have the phone numbers for every single vendor involved. Every, yeah. every single vendor involved. So we do, uh, so once they book us a month before, the, like, I mean, I, I'm flexible, so I do it a little bit earlier. So we do an official introduction to all of the vendors to mm-hmm. let them know we are going to be the contact people okay. on the day of the wedding. Okay. Um, that then from there, what we do is we communicate, start communicating with the venues mm-hmm. because people want to like, they have their, they have their timelines, but what we do is I have a professional timeline. So yeah. I pull their timeline apart and I okay. insert that right into mine Okay. because a lot of the times, um, I don't know how a lot of other planners work sometimes, but I've, what I've seen is there's all these different day, like day of timelines. And yeah. Like the photographer has one and the venue has one and the client has one. I'm like, I don't know. This is too much. Yeah. Like, yeah. there we needs need, to be one. There needs to be one yeah. master timeline, mm-hmm. and that is going to be controlled by me. Mm-hmm. So, and then the client is like, okay, I get that. Yeah. You know. So then, what we do is we communicate and we bring all the logistical, all the pieces together because mm-hmm. sometimes the, the the couples don't see it mm-hmm. until a professional brings it in front of them and say, listen. This is how we are going to do it. Right. But it's it's also I I try to make them feel comfortable about it because sometimes they because they've been planning it for so long they if they handing it off to someone they right. don't want to lose control. Yeah. So I have to be like okay well do you like the well I want you to be comfortable with this so if there's right. anything you don't like you you've got to let right. me know because I don't want surprises. Right. On the day of the wedding where right. you're like I don't like how this is going you right. know so this way 
I'm the main contact, point of contact. The bride doesn't even speak to any of the any of the photographers or anybody. That's until, Because it's you know it's it's a, it's a stressful day. You know it, there's there's a lot hanging. There's a the people they've spent all this money. Yeah. You know they want to be able to have a really good a good experience. Yeah. So I come in and I'm the sounding board between everybody. Perfect. And uh, you know with my hospitality background, like I come out of hotels, so teamwork yeah. is a is a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. And I always let my vendors know, like you know, listen, we, it's not your client not my client it's our client right you know like we have to have their best interest at heart like let's give them an experience if there's any any bitchiness like we'll figure that out afterwards how do you not get overwhelmed by any of this do you have team members that you've that you bring in sometimes okay so you have a team yeah i have a team um i you know it's i always say if you if you're getting over if you get overwhelmed it's because you're not delegating you're properly? Not, you're not delegating. You're not being a leader. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you have to be a leader from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And with a lot a lot of the times, you know, I've, I've, sp- I've spoken to some planners where they say, oh, well, the photographer went over my head. And this vendor went over my head. And I'm like, that's because you never took control from the beginning. Right. You never let them tell you. Remember, you are... Right. You're the bitch at the top. Right, right. Exactly. And you delegate from there. Right. You know, because if anything goes wrong... The clients aren't going to blame any of them. They're coming to you. you. Right. They're coming to you. So you have to be able to mm-hmm. have... Because then otherwise, if you don't have that kind of... If you don't have control, your client's going to be like, well, what the hell did I hire this one for? Right. You know, so it's... Sometimes it's... it's For, for vendors that's been in the business a little bit longer, they tend to want to overtake. But I'm mm-hmm. like, <laughs> step back. Yeah. Step back. Right. Listen, we, all, we are all here to do a job. Mm-hmm. Not about you. It's about them. Right. Like, we can deal with our issues a little bit later. But right now... There's, there's no time, right. you know, because I think, and I think it's, it's also because sometimes I, I like from what I've heard, a lot of plan, a lot of vendors have been burnt through, mm-hmm. through certain planners and it's because in, in our industry, there is a certain, and I hate even saying this, but it's from what I've seen, there's a certain ego mm-hmm. that goes with what we do. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, listen, you're not curing cancer. Right. Right. Like. <laughs> It's a fucking wedding. Right, exactly. Like, you know, it's an it event. It should be fun. It's a celebration. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, you're, not, you're making yourself look even more stupid right. if you act this way. Like, right. mm-hmm. it's not what our industry is about. Mm-hmm. You know, and in the beginning, I, I know how intimidated I was by the industry because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm South African. I have an accent. Like, am I going to be able to do this? Because this was a very women-dominated industry. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I come homo as hell. <laughs> And I'm like, am I going to make, like, am I going to make something? Yeah. Is this going to work for me? But then I said, hmm. People were like, number one, your name is Bjorn. Yeah. You don't look like a Bjorn. That's <laughs> right. a conversation starter right there. 100%. Secondly, you're South African. Yeah. Your personality is over the top. But you also know what you're talking about when right. you're talking about it. Right. You know, so it's, it's you're not, you're, you're educated when it comes to the industry. And you right. work really well with people. Mm-hmm. And you know how to be a calming force for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, <clears throat> okay, then there we go, girl. <laughs> hey. Have you ever had a really over-the-top crazy bride you had to work with? Um, I had... I mean, it's not a given. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, know, you know what? You know, it's... I mean, I... She wasn't, they, they're never over the top until the day of. Okay. Which kind of throws me off. Mm-hmm. Because they are a certain way during the planning. <laughs> and they just come sideways, coming at you. Like, Let me tell you something. You're like, who is this? Like, I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know. Hapo Huda's woman. Hapo like, Huda's woman. You know, but. You're the 50. I need you at like right? I mean, I've, I wouldn't say 
because I'm I'm very particular about the brides. I don't, I don't just take on anybody. Okay. I really don't. So I, you kind of interview them. Yeah, okay. I interview them because you know it's if I'm going to enjoy my job, I'm not. I don't want there to be any kind of drama. Okay. You know sure. because yeah. it's it's if if I allow that, they're never going to give me control of their wedding. You know, and it's also just in terms of. I just don't have that headache for it. Like, I'm not yeah. charging you enough for this. Like, I should be charging you right. for this craziness. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that they, it's, a lot of these brides are overthinking things. Yeah. You know, they're overthinking everything. It's like, listen, it's not a political fundraiser. Right. This is right. not a presidential campaign. Right. It's a right. wedding. Like, it's a happy time. Like, right. enjoy it. The planning, it's, you're only stressing out because you don't know what you're doing. Right. That's it. That's only, you see me stressing out? Right. I don't. Because right. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, like, so what I try to do is I try to, Try to lead them and say, listen, this is what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. This is how it's going to go. On your day off, like, I don't want you to think about anything. Yeah. I will, if I have to go get your tampons, I will. <laughs> I, got, I got your back. Like, I've, <laughs> I've done some things with brides. I'm like, like. I was going to say, what's like the craziest story that you've had, like, over all the weddings that you've done? Like, either putting out a fire or dealing with a crazy bride, like, just a crazy situation. Okay, that, so this where, is like, recent. You put the oh, fire out. Oh, good, yeah. good, okay. This is recent. <clears throat> Um, I had a wedding last year, uh, and they brought me on as a coordinator. Okay. So when I coordinate weddings, I really don't book vendors. Like that's got nothing to do with me. Yeah. But we had a situation where we had gone over the timeline in person and we, like, we sat down and we went over everything Mm -hmm. and they ended up saying to me that, no, no, it was, I asked them like at the end of it was everything good like are we all set with this yeah and they said yeah everything is fine so the next day the, the wedding the, the next day the wedding comes and we the florist hands me these flower baskets and he's like i'm like what is this for right and he's like well this is for this is for the flower girls i'm like but there's no flower girls in the wedding <laughs> if they're not on my timeline they're not there right they don't exist all of a sudden five minutes before the ceremony starts i see five flower girls in front of me I'm like, who are they? Right. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you should see the flower basket that's, that's about to come your way. I'm like, what flower baskets? I told and them, why are they coming my way? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, I, I told, because I told the florist, I'm like, we don't need them because there are no flower girls. So he ended up taking it away. Mm. <laughs> Girl. I have never seen somebody make a complete, three. I'll, I'll say 360. Yeah. Like where it, it, she lost her mind. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, is this really like what you want to focus on right now? Right. Like you have 225 people waiting upstairs for you and you're stressing over flower baskets. No, like we're not going to do that. So the girls ended up carrying her train. That's cute. I remembered her. I remembered how obsessed she was over uh, Meghan Markle's wedding. Okay. And then the girls ended up carrying her train of her dress, which looked so much better. It looked so much better. Yes. But I was just kind of thrown off. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, was that your idea? Let's just have the girls yeah. carry the train. Yeah. And then she was fine. Kind yeah. Of, yeah then diffused they, it. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I'm like, like that, if this building was to explode, that's a big deal. Right. But we're not, not doing that today. Flowers. Not, 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 <laughs> not Exactly. So they, um, and it was hot. Like it was like 395 degrees. And we were, <laughs> it was hot. <laughs> it was hot. But um, yeah. Outdoor one? Outdoor. Okay. Rooftop wedding. Jeez. Rooftop ceremony, and that rooftop is about as close to the sun. So now, mind you, on the ground, it's 95. Yeah. You get up there. 
I was a different color by the time I left the ceremony. I'm like, do I now register as a different race? Like, do I register as confused? But yeah, it, it was it it was little things. You're like, so, I'm, you're like I'm Europe, Europa now. Yeah, and you know, it was just it, I was just very surprised that it it that everything was good up until five minutes before the ceremony. Oh That's God. when it just all went all went high And I was just like, listen, <clears throat> just don't make your guests notice anything. Like you right. just enjoy it. Like we can always talk about this afterwards. Right. Like not now, but like just That's go funny. go get married. My job is to get you down the aisle. Go get married. And then we can deal with everything afterwards. So yeah. So I wouldn't that. have the patience to deal with that. Like you have the personality to do that. I would not. I, let me tell you, I, it was also, I think back in 2017, I had a girl who was allergic to sesame seeds. Did she know that or not know that? She knew that. Okay. But she never told the venue that. Oh God. So the, <laughs> next thing you know, the, I, there's a wedding of 235 people happening and there's this girl freaking, I, and I, I didn't panic. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Immediately, what what's going on? Yeah. They're like, well, she's having a she's having a an allergic reaction. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, and my I I have my little pouch with everything. Yeah. So, I, but I didn't have I this one day I didn't have my Benadryl. Wow. I ran like a Wakanda lion was chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> I ran to the store. I got her Benadryl, but then it also. Okay, I also then was told that Benadryl not she needs a shot. She's oh, an EpiPen. Yeah, she's an EpiPen. And I'm like, she doesn't have one on her if you have an allergy. Oh, that, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> the couple never knew what was going on. The mother, they did not know a damn thing. Good. I did not tell them anything. Good. I'm like, no, 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 no. We'll deal with it in this room. Yeah. Let's get away from the wedding. Yeah. At the end of the night, I, I ended up telling the, telling the father of the, of the bride, I was like, listen, there was a, people had, there was a paramedics here. <laughs> oh my there God. was a 911 here. He was like, what happened? One, one of them had an allergic reaction. It wasn't the venue's fault because yeah. she didn't, didn't say anything. She didn't say anything. Yeah. So he was like, wow, you kept that under control pretty well. I'm like, hmm, what's the kind of bitch I am? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's always good to keep situations away from the wedding because, you know, yeah. like that's a, you don't need that kind of distraction. Because yeah. that will be the one thing everybody will remember, remember from yeah. that wedding. From that wedding, exactly. Yeah. So, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that to, to a couple. I mean, yeah. a couple is, well, Pelham, the uh, Pelham was another one, like another situation that I did a wedding for my friend. I, sh- I helped her out. She's like, Bjorn, I have something going on. Like, can you go and take care of this wedding for me? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it was at Split Rock uh-huh. in, uh, in Pelham. And it was 20 minutes before the ceremony started. Mm-hmm. Everything happens before the ceremony. <laughs> and the father... Of the mother, the bride. Mm-hmm. So the father, the mother, was pushing her. She was in a wheelchair. Okay. And she, he, he, he was pretty old himself, so he's pushing her. Mm-hmm. They went up the ramp, and the wheel collapsed through the mother. Oh. I'm, I'm in the back. I'm literally in the back setting up. I'm not seeing any of this. No. All of a sudden, somebody comes, call 911, call 911. Oh, my God. And I was like, what's going on? So like there was an accident with the mother and I was like is she okay so I'm like so I get there and one of the bridesmaids is on the phone it's like 911 but she is like screaming at them I'm like put that phone down right put it down you're panicking nobody's yeah. paying attention to you yeah you're panicking put the yeah. phone down yeah I called them and I was like listen we have a situation this is what it is they were there in two minutes yeah 
ceremony started on time though. What? We ended up keeping the mother. They were like, we, we can keep her because she didn't want to miss the ceremony. Right. So she, they were like, listen, we'll start it. We'll start it on time. Yeah. We'll have her sit just to watch it, and then we have to wheel her off. Okay. And uh, I was like, okay, as long as we can get that, you know. But sometimes it's it, when when they panic, it doesn't it doesn't solve it makes anything. everything. It worse. makes it worse. It's like you need to calm because you panic, and then the next person next you panic. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and even yeah. and even the even like yeah. the family that was there came to me and they were like, you handled that really well. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, because if I start panicking, oh, forget it. Your day's over. Absolutely. Your day's over because you're in charge. I'm like, so, yeah. Bitches! Yeah, that's like I, if I, Mama's I, losing it, then we all lose it. <laughs> exactly, right? So, but then, but then, uh, like later on in the afternoon, the mother ended up coming to join us at the at the Good. reception, and Good. It, it all went, everything was okay from there. She seemed like she stayed calm as well. Like she, she was, yeah, she was, that, you know, and that was a good thing, yeah. you know, because it it could have gone either way because it was three steps that she fell out of, yeah, she she, she fell off from, and it it like that was even. I, I was panicking inside because right. you know it's it's someone's mother like right. it's someone's wedding day like that's yeah, not the, that's, that's not the deal. memory that you want to take away right. if anything really bad had to happen to your mother like that's right. not something you'd want to deal yeah. with you know for the rest of your life like every anniversary every, you every think anniversary, about that you think about that you <laughs> mm-hmm. know so um, it, it mother ended up being fine she had a little bit of a notch on the head but yeah. she came back came back and I was like would you like some vodka girl because story you, to need, tell. you need some vodka <laughs> she was like I don't even tell her guess what happened to me so, but yeah, it was, it, and then everything was fine after that. That's amazing. Yeah. Let's talk about forks, corks, and cocktails a bit. Yes. How did that start? So, I, having worked in the restaurant business, I, I, I had, I held this job until I was able to say, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm moving on to my own business, focusing there. And a friend of mine, in who celebrated her forty. Fifth birthday mm-hmm. at the restaurant. I was her server at the at time, the cookery at the cookery. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. So we sat down. And so when they were sitting down, it was there were thirteen of them. It was all lesbian women, mm-hmm. and I was standing. I was just stood back and I like watched how they were having a good time and they were talking and they were drinking and they were eating. And if anybody knows the cookery in Top Ferry, yeah, the food is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, I told her I want to make that party of thirteen bigger. Mm-hmm. She's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, how would you feel about a food and wine show for the LGBTQ community in mm-hmm. Westchester? Mm-hmm. She's like, you do that, I will invite everybody I know. Yeah. And literally six months later, the event happened. That's fast. Like, to get something together. Really fast. <laughs> I called up all of my favorite chefs throughout Westchester. I called up Peter Kelly. I called up Paul Patino. I called up David DeBerry. I was like, listen, David, wow. I've been with your ass since 2009. <laughs> right. You're doing this for me. Right, right. You know, and then we, um, we, the first event we had, I think like 80 people who showed up. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was a win. Mm-hmm. Because if I could get one person there, that would have been great. You know, but we ended up, it, it came really fast. Yeah. Like we, it, it happened so quickly. I didn't even realize it, that it was happening. And then it was a major success. Yes. And because we, Westchester has a community, uh, a, a huge community of LGBTQ members, and there's not enough happening. Yeah. There's not enough. Like, we need more. Mm-hmm. And the challenging thing about doing something in Westchester is that everybody compares it to what's happening in the city. And right. it's like, listen, you, you can't compare Splash. Right. Which I've been right. to several right. times in my life. <laughs> you I've can't heard compare about it. <laughs> I've been having to be dragged out of that club for years, girl. <laughs> but you can't compare. It's not the same energy. Yeah. You know? And uh, it's like, don't compare it. It's, it's not a fair it comparison. It's not, you, you cannot compare it because 
the Westchester scene is not as young as the New York City scene. Yes. You know, like up here, everybody is, they're starting families, they right. know, a different part of their lives. Right. So I, I wanted an adult event mm -hmm. for our community to come together to say, listen, this is a great event happening for people our age. Mm -hmm. Because it, 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 the way I marketed it was for people 30 and over. An yeah. adult. An adult. Yeah. People, because, I mean, a 25-year-old or 22-year-old was not going to enjoy a food and wine event. Right. No. Because, I mean, I, when I think about myself at that age, I was up, right. on, the I was up on the bars right. dancing in Splash, shaking my booth. Yeah. You're like, what do you mean you close at 2 o'clock? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I wanted this event because there were so many, I, I started seeing so many people. LGBTQ people from Brooklyn moving up here. Yeah. People move like everybody's yeah. moving up here from Brooklyn. Yeah. So I said I want I wanted to do this event, and when I called up my friends, they were like, "Bjorn, you've been such a huge part of the restaurant business for such a long time. Like this is a perfect concept for you." Yeah. So we ended up with eighty people, and the evening was danced away. The food was amazing, and then I elevated from there ever since. So how, how, if I walked into the event, what would it look like? Is it like every, there's a section for each restaurant? How does that work? So we, um, so it's a, it's a big walk around tasting. Okay. So all, all the foods are all stationary. So okay. sh I, what I do with our chefs is they always ask me, what do you want me to make? And I'm like, don't make me something on your menu. Give me a, because I healthy event like back in, usually in May. So I said, don't do, don't give me what's on your menu. You, so you tell them the bring. I tell them. Bring, I'm like, like, I'm like give me bring, something new. You know something. what you do? Show me what's going to be hot hot and popping for the summer. Okay. Nice. Because like that's the, let, let's see what's going to trend in the summertime. You normally because have this in June? In, and now I'm doing it in June. Okay. This is the first time I'm actually doing it in June. I had it in May for the past three years. Mm -hmm. So the chefs are like, I'm like, listen, go balls to the wall. Yeah. And let me tell you, like they, they, they bring it. Good. You know, they, they, because I think also just the name was so... Um, there were so many puns in that name alone <laughs> that the chefs like David DeBerry like would do like oh not David DeBerry but I would say the Michael Bruzzi from Paul Patina would do like a pig's butt. <laughs> <laughs> like they ran with it. Yeah. But the thing, but people loved no. it because <clears throat> it was they were like wow we've ne like it also gives the community a chance to know who is supporting us and who right. is behind us. Yes. You yes. know, and the restaurants that they go to, they were like you know. We were at the event for, uh, we were at Building Companies event and that event was just so amazing. Like, you guys were, and I, I'm a fan. So yes. now they, they go and they support these restaurants, which is a really great thing too. Choosing pork butt for an event called Get Forked is yes. pretty it's, amazing. Yeah, we, I mean, like. Or pigs in a blanket or pigs, any, anything of yeah, that. Age. Yeah, it's yeah you know, we, um, because, and now for, <laughs> for, this, for this year, we've, I've completely just revamped it. And like I took a year off, I took a year off from it. I didn't do it last year. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I did, uh, the last event event was at the Ritz Carlton, like back in two thousand and seventeen. Okay. So I wanted to bring it to. I ended up now moving it from Westchester to New York City. Okay. And I wanted to do it for Pride, mm -hmm. because you know NYC is celebrating World Pride next year. So I said, if I'm gonna do it, I want to refresh it and I want to clean it up and I want it to be perfection. Mm -hmm. You know. So we. I took a year, and now we are in the midst of production for. The get full twenty nineteen. That's huge. Having it's, it in the city, like that's exciting. You, let me tell you, you guys better come. Oh yeah, you we'll have be city there. chefs involved now. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm I'm not just focusing on because it's world pride. I didn't want to focus just on New York City chefs. Mm -hmm. I'm reaching out to like Connecticut. Uh, they sell amazing stuff in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Some amazing chefs there. Philadelphia chefs, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, Westchester. So I'm I'm focusing on. Uh, You're on, expanding. I'm it expanding out. it out. Yeah, because it's, um, it, there's. There's a good energy this year, mm -hmm. in, in terms of like, especially with World Pride. Yes. Like, I'll, we try to also target the international market as well. So like, that's 
Yeah. My my publicist is like in 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 Los Angeles, and he was like, "Don't worry, we got it." We That's like, great. Like, yes. Do you have a venue picked? Uh, you, I'm looking at Union, Union West is where I'm gonna have it. Like okay. that's the it's it's a new space that just opened up uh, last year. I went to the opening party and it's a it's an eighteen thousand square foot venue. Nice. You know it's pretty big. Yeah. But what I want to up in the building ground floor ground floor ground okay. floor. Yeah, I have I'm afraid of heights. So um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, <I'm> stupid. <laughs> No, it, it's it's a it's a, well, and you're from Cape Town and I'm from Cape Town, right? <laughs> Table Mountain. Yeah, that was my view every day. By the way, that's like, beautiful. Yeah, that was my view wow. every day. Wow. Like, because I, I lived in the city, so I opened up my curtains. There's the church. Hey, yeah, yeah. And this the mountain. <laughs> that's gorgeous. Um, yeah, so we it's I I picked that venue because it's right off the highway too. Okay, ah, easy. But it's also easy to get to get there on it on the train. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's not just one large room. It has these twists and turns. Oh, and I nice. Wanna make it re- I want to make it really fun for everybody. Yeah. And because I'm putting my all into this year. Mm-hmm. It, it's got to be the success that I want it to be. It's, it's not just for the LGBTQ community. I'm opening it up to everybody. Yeah. But it, it's going to be LGBTQ based. So of course. I'm saying like LGBTQ plus. Right. You know, so I want everybody to be, because somebody asked me the last time, what is gay? F-? They went, Somebody asked me one day, they were like, what is gay and lesbian food? Oh my God. And I was like, clams and sausages. Did you just walk away? <laughs> <laughs> You know, but it's <laughs> like, what are you, you going to ask me that for? Like, that was, wow. you wanted a stupid, you right. asked me a stupid question and I gave you a stupid answer. answer. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. We've had bangers and mash. We've had bangers like, and mash. Take the mash away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we, we, we going, we, I'm really excited for this year. Like we, um, I just, once everything gets confirmed, we're going to go balls to the wall. That's great. For our listeners. Uh, for event planning, it's not just weddings you do. Mm-hmm. You do like corporate things, private parties. What if somebody wanted to hire you? What are the other things that you do? So they can hire me for bar mitzvah. Okay. They can hire me for corporate events. Mm-hmm. So uh, corporate events are a lot easier than weddings are because it's not emotionally, right? You yes. know, emotionally involved. Right. But any corporate events, so corporate gala, fundraising gala, mm-hmm. um, any nonprofit events, mm-hmm. um, bar mitzvahs, mm-hmm. uh, sweet sweet sixteens. I really want to get into because. Yeah. You know, weddings are great. Like, I have a simplistic style when it comes to weddings. Right. But, like, as a gay man, I have too much creativity <laughs> to just do one style. So, I want to start getting into bar mitzvahs now, too. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, like, that's, that's going to be... That's because you're creative all the time. Yeah. You know, because it's always a different setting. So, I would love to see what a Bjorn and company bar mitzvah would look like. Yeah. You know, it's... And, um, and even small, small parties, too. Like, I've had parties where we would go into a client's house... Oh, wow. And cook a dinner for six people... You know, oh, wow. we, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh oh girl, listen, listen. <laughs> like, there's a paycheck. I, I will show up. <laughs> I, I am there. You know, but it's uh, because we there's some sometimes people don't necessarily want to go to a restaurant. Yeah. And they want to celebrate the birthday, so I have a chef that I work with in the city. Oh wow. Um, in fact, I can choose any chef I want to, but this guy yeah. really stands out to me because he's Asian. He's he's Japanese cuisine. Yeah. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, so we would go and do. He would come in and he would cook an entire six course dinner for them wow you know when and we, we even if it's just like six people we yeah come and we, we cook for them and they they, they love that one-on-one experience you know yeah. because they get to see what the chef does he it's talk to he, him they at, talk yeah. to him afterwards and they love him you know and um he took me out to a restaurant a couple of weeks ago girl <laughs> it was the best japanese food i have ever had mm-hmm. in my entire life 
Where was it in the city? It was across the street from Splash. Okay. <laughs> convenient. On, convenient. <laughs> well, they closed now. Uh, but it, it's on 17th between 5th and 6th. Okay. I, like, I can't even take it. Like, it yeah. was, the, the, the meats were, like, there's a certain way the Japanese do their meats. Because I called him up the other day. I was like, listen, I have meat. Like, how do I cook this in Japanese style? He's like, it's not about how you cook a bitch. Yeah. Like, there's certain things you have to do to it. Right. I'm like, right. do I slap it around? Like, <laughs> like talk to it. Do I talk to it? Like, what do I need to do here? So, it, I, I, I have the name on my phone. I, think, I, I just can't think of it right now. But okay. when, when I do, I'll, I'll let you guys know. We'll hashtag it on there. We'll hashtag yeah. it. It's so, so, so amazing. Like, they, even just the dessert was, it was vanilla Vanilla ice. What? It was ice cream, but it was shaved vanilla oh, wow. ice. But what they did with it was, it was literally vanilla ice. Wow. Mm-hmm. And they, all, they, all they do is, they just bring you condensed milk. And you pour it over. Girl, I ate like I had low self-esteem that day. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> why are you leaving? <laughs> it was the best dessert that I have ever had. Like, not ever had, but it was... The best thing I could have had that day. Yeah. Where it, it was literally just a vanilla, vanilla ices that they just poured right. condensed milk over. And I, it was just so, like, I, I went in. That's was the, the best chef that brought simple. you there? Was he friends with the chef? Yeah, he, okay. he, he works there, he works there part time. Okay. But then he has his own thing, like, where yeah. he, and he's actually going to be one of my chefs that I'm bringing onto this event. Like, he's, like, amazing. Like, the, yeah. he, he's, he's also not doing a, a lot of the, like, um, the, those meal preps mm-hmm. but his food is healthy you know it's low in calories because you know gotta keep the gay frame small right <laughs> for the cute outfits for the cute outfits <laughs> um, you know but he's I swear to him like I love yeah. him I absolutely love him like, I met him through another chef uh, in Westchester because I try to still keep my relationships with these people very close and I mm-hmm. if I need something I can call them and be like hey, yeah. listen I need a chef at this event that's great that event so yeah. like, the relationships are still there that's so, beautiful yeah. do you get to go back home often to Cape Town my family's here everybody moved. yeah everybody's everybody. here okay. like, I really don't have a reason to go gotcha. back there you okay. know like if I wanted to go see my family I go to California okay you know and, that's far uh, enough that's far <laughs> enough you know but I, I do want to make a trip out there next year okay uh, because I want to try and see I want to I need a bit of a change of scenery because after, I know for a fact after this event I'm going to need a vacation yes. So I may take like a month off at the end of the year. I want yes. to go at the end of the year because that's the only time you should go. Why is that? The festive season in Cape Town, there is nothing like it. Okay. It, there is nothing like it. Nothing. nothing. Okay, like describe feel, it. What is it? Everybody, nobody's working. Okay. <laughs> no one works the month of December into the first week of January. <laughs> it's summer. Okay. So wow. it's parties after parties after parties. Nobody works. Like, I'm not even kidding. When I, nobody works the month of January, except for the hospitality industry people. Yeah. But there is just the uh, just there's, there's a vibe there. Okay. You know, that is, people are in great spirits that month. You know, like the rest of the year, people are depressed because of all the sh- other shit that's going on. Right. But like December is a very special time. Like, you know, we still believe in dressing up for Christmas. Mm-hmm. We still believe in dressing up, you know, for New Year's Eve parties. Like when we do that, yeah. kind of, like it's, the energy is great. I remember yeah. my first time I went, I did a New Year's Eve I went to a New Year's Eve club because we my mother always told me that I don't care you will go clubbing when you're done with high school gotcha because in South Africa it's, it's at the age of 18 mm-hmm. it's legal to go mm-hmm. to, to go clubbing so I would walk past this club 
my entire high school years. I'm like, I'll get there. I'll get I had to there. watch those people like from the balcony. I'm, I'm in the corner watching you stand there. Oh, can't go in. <laughs> so, so we um, so we ended up. So when I turned eighteen, I went there for my first club. And New Year's Eve, I will never forget. The clubs were. It was it was banging. So there's just a, like people on the they go to the beach. You know, yeah. like there's there's certain things that that that. I can only do there that I cannot do here because right. nobody's going to understand it. Right. You know, like South Africans believe like when they go to the beach, they have to take a watermelon with them and put the watermelon in the sea. Why? To keep it cold. Oh my God. I can't do that over here. Nobody's going to understand that shit. Bjorn, if I saw you at a beach here and you put a watermelon in the water, I'd be like, <laughs> he had a heat stroke, something's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> that is how... They, like, do you put your name on the watermelon? How do you know that one's mine? <laughs> You gotta sit there. You gotta watch that thing. <laughs> eat your macaroni salad because at the same time people are barbecuing. Like, I'd be like, "That's Trevor Noah's crazy brother." Yeah, like <laughs> nobody touches nobody's watermelons. Oh, <laughs> nobody man. does. Nobody does. It's a, it's 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 a silly thing. I know I cannot do that yet. No. Nobody's gonna understand it. No sir. But in South Africa, like I have a lot of South African friends. That's in that's in New York, and we talk a lot. And there's a few of them that has not. Like, because in South Africa, we're known as colored people. Yes. Right, so colored people have crazy traditions. Like, it's just who we are. <laughs> so, like, but not all colors have this tradition. Got you. And so, another friend of mine I was talking to, and I was like, oh, well, did you guys put the watermelon in the sea? She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, bitch, you ain't that white. You ain't that white. You grew up in the, you grew up in the colored areas in Cape Town. I grew up in the white areas, and you see me being colored as hell. Right. <laughs> so she's so she there's a lot of t- tradition that she doesn't know. Okay. Wow. So when I say it to her, she's like, huh? "What? That's funny. What? I'm like, girl, listen." <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So this for the, for those types of things, I yeah. would go and you know, there's uh, like there's the the minstrels, which is the coons. Like they, they wow, they, they still do that. Oh yes. Oh God. Like I looked at my Facebook the other day, and, and that's cool there. It's a huge thing. I'm like, so confused. It is. It is <laughs> it's only between colored people. So there's no black people in that. That takes because black blacks and colors are very different in South Africa. In t- okay, in break that, that down to me. What's the difference? So it's a cultural thing. Okay. So color, So we are. So I don't speak the languages that the black community speaks. Okay. So we speak English and Afrikaans. Okay. You know, with the, with the black, there's eleven official languages. So. Oh, yeah. South Africa has 11 official languages. Wow, okay. So, like, with, with the colored people, like, we kind of a mix between, like, the, the, between black and white. Gotcha. So, I think we go way back with, with yes. the Dutch settlers. Yes. Some, somebody has slept with somebody's mama. Right, right, right. Bre- right. Bred this whole generation of people. Gotcha. You know, and um, so it's, 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 it's very different culturally. Gotcha. You know, there's, there's language barriers, like, because in, with any black people, with any African-American, yeah. Af- South African black people, I don't understand them. Right. Because it's a different language. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody was like, you know, you should learn it. I'm like, I can't. Like, it's it's challenging for me. Like, unless yeah. I was born with that, like, it, I, I'm not big on learning languages really quickly. Yeah. French, maybe. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's a completely separate mm-hmm. separate thing. But we get along like peas and carrots. Yeah. You know, and uh, so, but we, but it's only, in that that is only a big thing in the, the menstrual is only a huge thing in the colored community. Gotcha. Like, they, like, they, it's almost like they're competing with gotcha. each other, you know, yeah. and it's, 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 it's fun. Like, I grew up in it. That's yeah. why I know it because my, so a lot of people don't know this, but my dad is Muslim. 
Oh, wow. Did not know that. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yes, he is. <laughs> so, so the minstrels is big with the Muslim community. Like, I don't wow. know if they started that. I don't I Like, I can't for the yeah. for me think of who started it. Yeah. But, so, we were a part of that. Mm-hmm. I never took part of it because I'm like... Give me some some base. You are ridiculous. You know, I'm, I'm gay, so like, like, give me some lashes. Give me some lashes. <laughs> give give me a lace front. Like, <laughs> you know, so it's oh. so, but like, it was a big thing for our families, and we right. yeah. we were part of it. Like every year, like I I watched like my brothers and my cousins, and it it, it it's just they fill the streets of Kenya, yeah. and it people go crazy for it. Okay, you know, and it, to this day, like I just saw it on, online, like not too long ago. So it's it's a big thing. Wow. All right. So they still they still like because we are not as like we are not as technical in mm-hmm. the sense of like in, when it comes to certain like people told me when I moved here I couldn't say that I was colored, and I was like I don't understand. What, You're like what, what am I? <laughs> what am I? I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be other. Right. I don't even know what other is. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So I had to I had to like literally explain to people like this is what I am on paper in South Africa. Right. So now whenever they ask me like on a piece of paper like you know your your race I'm like. I, I add mine in confused. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, if people want to contact you, Instagram, email, what's the best way for people to get at you? On my website, okay. Uh Instagram at Beyond the Event Planner. I'm the only one with that name on there, Beyond the Event Planner. <laughs> uh, I just recently changed it because it, it was, uh, I had to have a, I wanted something to reference that I'm not just a wedding planner. Yes. So if you say beyond the event planner, it, yes. it, it um, covers everything. It covers everything. Yes. So um, yeah, so you can check me out beyond the event planner. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, this my has pleasure. Been Thank you so, so much. So much fun. Uh, listeners, if you're thirsty for more, Jim, where can they find us? You guys can listen to us on Breaker, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Bjorn, thank you again so much for coming my on. And uh, we are looking forward to the next Get Forked event, which What's is coming the date? up June twenty eighth. Perfect. June, June twenty eighth. It's going to be in in, U- in New York City. New York City. Yeah. Right now, uh, if you go to our Instagram page and like our Instagram page, the Get Forked, it's at Get Forked. You will be getting all the updates there. Perfect. That's forked, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So G E T F O R K D. We'll we'll be speaking to you soon. Take Bye. care, everybody.